Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. In the program this week, it's playoff time at the World Netball Championships in Singapore, where New Zealand's progressed easily into the last eight. It's Super Rugby final time too, with the Crusaders playing the Queensland Reds in Brisbane, and we'll hear from the manager of a World Cup side aiming to get past the group stages for the first time. New Zealand's teenage shot put sensation Jack O'Gills in select company after his latest win, this time at the World Youth Track and Field Championships in France. And we'll hear from the New Zealand women's hockey coach and a couple of his leading players after the Black Sticks' best performance at a Champions Trophy tournament. Netball first though and the Silver Ferns are on track for another World Championship final with Australia. After their expected easy wins over Fiji, Wales and Trinidad and Tobago, their quarterfinal opponents are South Africa, while England will play Northern Ireland and should be the Silver Ferns' semi-final opponents. Although England's Australian coach Sue Hawkins says her team's happy to be the underdogs, they've recently shown they're capable of beating New Zealand, but history points to another tense battle between the Silver Ferns and Australia. There's a big contingent of vocal New Zealand supporters in Singapore, hoping they can help the Silver Ferns regain the title they lost to Australia in Auckland in 2007. Mid-quarter, Temapara George, a key member of the 2003 champions in Jamaica, told Bridget Tunnicliffe how important that support has been and will be. It's like being in New Zealand, so being at home with all these people here, but they're so such die-hard supporters and they just make you feel good, so it's really nice to have. And Lois Muir, she's like the godmother of Nepal, New Zealand. Has she given you any tips? Uh, no, no, she hasn't given any tips. She's um, kind of just said her uh, wise words of, you know, go hard, we know you can do it, the skills are there. And she doesn't say things just for the sake of it, so you know she's meaning it. So that, that's quite nice to have. You've been successful at a World Cup. Have you talked to the other girls in the team about that and about the feeling? No, not really. I think, um, obviously, when we do video analysis, when there's situations that come up that they ask opinions and stuff, obviously that's the opportunity for us who have been there to speak up and um, share our knowledge, I suppose. But it's not a point of sitting them down and saying this is how it goes. We're just sharing as we're going on, and I think it's working. So, yeah, looking forward to it. And players like Henry Van Dyke who are at 2007 and they experienced the hurt, have they talked about that and wanting to avoid that? Uh, not necessarily. I don't think any of us want to lose. You know, we've got a goal that we've set as this group and a few years ago now is that back-to-back gold medals and things, so we want to win. Everything else is in the past and this is us moving forward, so we can control that. So it's, it's all up to us. How much pressure is there? Because you know that... Everyone's so desperate for you guys to win. Everyone's going to be watching the, the tally. How much pressure is there on you guys? Well, there's a lot of expectations outside of our camp, but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform day in and day out, and we demand a lot from each other as, as from ourselves as well. So, you know, we don't actually look at anything outside of our camp. It's what is in our camp that matters to us. And at this point, you've, you've done the hard yards. You've talked about tactics, I'm sure, 
put in heaps of fitness work. Does it come down to the mental toughness now? You're right, we've done all the hard yards in terms of preparation, fitness, things like that. It does come down to mental toughness. We get out there on court, it's the seven that are out on court that are doing the business. You can't do anything if you're sitting from the sidelines. So everyone's got a responsibility and they need to step up and, and take it. If you meet Australia in the final, chances are it's going to be another heart stopper. How do you keep your cool when, in those final minutes? It's just practice, I think. You know, during practice we go through scenarios and tight situations. I mean, you look at the Delhi final in, in India, that was fantastic. You know, we didn't fall there. We Probably in the past we've been guilty of doing that. So I think it's just onward and upwards from here and we're really looking forward to, first of all, the quarterfinals, the semi, and then making the, the final. That's Temapara George talking to Bridget Tunnicliffe in Singapore where Lois Muir discussed her reaction to Ruth Aiken surpassing her record as the coach with the most test matches. I love it. I didn't even know I had the record. It took me 15 years to have 107 test matches. And as Ruth just said to me today, you know, I was it. I did the video analysis, I did the fitness, I did everything. So life's a little bit easier, but she's also had a lot more games, tougher games, on top of each other. So... I congratulate her and she's a tremendous coach. What does it take to have such longevity and such a hard, all-encompassing kind of job? You've got to be happy in your own skin. I think you've really got to believe what you're doing is the right thing and if people don't want you to do that, you're not going to be there. When I coached, I had to go to council meeting every year and be elected as coach. And, you know, to plan and be go forward... It's quite difficult because you really can't always win today to be successful at a world championship. And I think Ruth having a four-year tenure for this world champs has been really good because they've built well, uh, they've de- developed a lot of depth and we're seeing it out there and it's growing with every game. So it's marvellous. They have a mixture of youth and experience. That's really, really important. Your experienced players never let you down but often they're not going to go any higher. The inexperienced ones give coaches a bit of a hard time because you're waiting for them to have that blinder and they can let you down sometimes, but you've got to take the risk. That's the former Silver Ferns coach Lois Muir and this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. Track and field now and 16-year-old Jacko Gill from Takapuna has become the first athlete since Usain Bolt, the Jamaican sprinter, to win world age group titles in reverse order after claiming the world youth title in France following his junior title in Canada last year. Despite an injury-affected build-up, he finished more than 4 metres ahead of the competition, putting the shot out to 24 metres and 35 centimetres. The margin suggests he didn't need to be worried, but he told Barry Guy he was. Oh, definitely, because... It's a world championship event, so yeah, I got very nervous and it was good to come away with a good performance. Did you have any concerns because, what, you had that bruised knuckle or something, didn't you? Yeah, I um, broke my volar plate in the, um, my middle finger, so it's pretty, pretty struggling. Like I threw 21 metres position before I threw my, um, in competition, so you know, to improve three metres in a couple of days was, was pretty good, so I was really happy with that. And when I'm back to full health, which should be like two more months, I'll be throwing at least, should be throwing a good two metres more than that, so there's a lot more there, and it's not going to stop there, definitely. I understand even in the warm-ups, you'd pretty much killed off your competition. They they were uh, perhaps uh, looking at the corner of their eye at you because you were so further ahead. Oh, uh, kind of. It's a great competition. It was a very high level, so... And there's some really talented guys coming up, and it'll be really good to see them as seniors. So, 
Yeah, it was, it was good to get the good throughout to start and the qualifying and everything, so yeah, I was happy with that. Like uh, Valerie has said in the past, she always wants to put a, a big one out early just to you yeah, know, warm the competition. You did the same? My first throw, I just wanted to do a, a safe throw and stay in and everything, so it was, it was good to get that, that first throw in because I don't want the pressure of like fouling. So. And then the second one, you just go for everything, and that's, that's what I did. And that was a PB by half metre, so it's really good. Were you surprised? I mean, with the way things have gone and your injury and that sort of thing, were you surprised yeah. with that distance? Yeah, definitely, because I was hoping to get maybe 22, so to get 24 was... But, you know, I got very... Uh, I've been pretty good mentally prepared. I was ready, so I got pretty psyched up and, you know, I was pretty angry, so... <laughs> because everything has been not so good lately, so... Yeah, it was good to, you know, battle through the injury, and now I know we can... It's just good mentally to know you can kind of... New situation. So how did you feel when you uh, you must have felt that was a good one going out and saw where it landed? Yeah, it was quite cool to watch the shot put going out. So, yeah, I, had, I think 3 at 24, so pretty cool. Did you get plenty of su- support from the crowd? Uh, I, I imagine you'd yeah. be one of the ones to watch. Yeah, the crowd was good. Like The, the French, it's quite big over in Europe. Um, athletics, not so much in New Zealand, but the French kind of, yeah, it's big sport the stands are full and people got on their feet and were clapping it was just really cool and yeah it was, it was really neat and the crowd kind of egged me on to you know encouraged me to throw further so it was really good atmosphere now you won the junior last time which is the older age yeah. group and now you've won the youth which is the younger age group i understand the yeah. only other person that's done that is usain bolt mm. so it's good to be on the other same page as him how does that make you yeah. feel though yeah, he's amongst the best, and it's, uh, my goal is to get the world record when I'm older, obviously, and win an Olympic title, or a couple of Olympic titles, so to, to be following the right footsteps, which Usain Bolt's and all of them, so be following the right footsteps is quite encouraging. Now, you're only 16, I mean, but is this pretty much for you for the uh, youth junior level? I mean, do you feel you need to test yourself at when the bigger weight in, in seniors? I kind of I want to rush things, but then I have people around me saying just wait. You know, I've got a good you know ten or twenty more years. So I mean, I've done the throw the seven kg twenty meters oh one, which is the world champs qualifying and everything. So, but I, my opinion, it's not great at all. So I want to get the twenty one this year, and you know, Olympic medals are one at twenty one fifty. So next year, hopefully, get a medal. You never know what can happen. And you show a sport, sport, and you know, some people can have off days, and you can do amazing. So you never know. So this year's World Championships is a no-go? I'm too young because you have to be 18, so I think unless we get dispensation by AWF, then it's a no-go. But again, I kind of would be tossing up to go anyway because they don't want to rush things. But yeah, I think it would be kind of cool to compete in the senior competition. We'll see. What about next year's Olympics? Yeah, definitely. That's the big one that I've been working up for these last four years for this Olympics, so I've been, it should be a really good competition, I hope to do so I'm proud, and hope to do a PB, a massive PB over there, and you never know how, maybe I could sneak finals medals or anything, so, yeah. Is it a major step for you to go to the heavier shot, though? Not really, because I train with the 7kg, I haven't been training for 5kg, so, and it's 2 kilos more, and I don't find it too bad. That's Jack O'Gill talking to Barry Guy, and this is Extra Time. 
Rugby Now and by late Saturday night will know whether the Super 15 final in Brisbane lived up to expectations it would be one of the best. The Crusaders have failed to make the playoffs only three times, but they haven't played at home this season thanks to the earthquake on February the 22nd. Despite that, the TAB has them at $1.52 to win, compared with $2.40 for the Queensland Reds, odds the home coach has objected to. Ewan McKenzie, the man the New South Wales Waratahs didn't want, and David Campisi says should take over from Robbie Deans as coach of the Wallabies, reckons the Reds should be favourites at a sold-out Lang Park. McKenzie's named an unchanged team, and so is the Crusaders coach Todd Blackadder, who will have 10 of the 15 players who started in the 2008 final. Christchurch reporter Marcus Irvine spoke to some local supporters. If they win, it's be one of the biggest sporting fairy tales, I suppose, if you will, in recent memory. It's just massive. It's massive. Anyone who plays sport or watches sport, rugby and that, knows how big it is. And No, it'll be, it'll be epic. It'll be awesome for the Crusaders region to bring it home. Tomorrow night's clash in Brisbane has sold out with 52,000 spectators. That would be a record crowd for a provincial rugby match in Australia. The former All Blacks captain and Canterbury hero Tane Norton says the Crusaders should put on a good show because they're playing for the right reasons. I think they just want to do it for the people, you know. Um, they don't want to, They haven't gone on about the earthquake, and I don't think we should go on too much about it now. Just get on and do the job if they can, but it's important to the people. You know, it'll mean a hell of a lot for a long time that they've done this. I know we talked about it for a long time, but if there's one final I wanted, this is the final. Crusaders fans are confident their team will step up to the mark across the ditch. Because of the conditions and emotionally what they've had to put up with and deal with, it's probably made for a better and a stronger team and a closer unit. So, yeah, I think that's probably why they've played the way they have. Home advantage, I don't think, will be such a big factor for the, the Reds. So the Crusaders, you know, I think if they're both playing on a on a firm ground, it'll suit the Crusaders better. They're actually a faster running team than what most of the others are. The operations manager at the Spates Alehouse in Bealey Avenue, Richard Norton, says the lack of home games has meant more Cantabrians are going to the pub to watch their team play. When we started there was a lot of supporters six years ago, but um, it died off uh, because to people they could go to the game or watch it on their TVs at home, but now they don't get an opportunity to go to the game. They'd rather be around people than sitting by themselves. So we have noticed a big increase of people coming in to dine before the game and staying on right through. And with more than 100 pubs and restaurants closed because of earthquake damage, Peter Morrison from the Canterbury Hospitality Association has some sage advice. Get there early. I would say get there middle afternoon probably and uh, have something, a good substantial meal and enjoy yourselves and sit back and relax and watch the rugby. If the Crusaders win, it'll be their eighth title. The Reds have yet to win one. Still with rugby, and Romania will attend the World Cup again this year in Paul B, along with England, Scotland, Argentina and Georgia. Romania has played in every World Cup but never progressed past the group stage. This time round, though, they'll have the assistance of the former All Black prop Steve McDowell, who was in the 1987 team which won the William Webb Ellis Trophy in Auckland for the first and only time. The Frenchman Robert Antonin coached them at the last tournament. He's their manager now and was in New Zealand recently to look at facilities. Antonin spoke with Steve Wilde in Queenstown and says just qualifying is a huge boost for the sport in Romania. It's very important because we were always in the World Cup, in all the World Cup, from uh, 87. So uh, it was this year very difficult for the qualification and we were the last qualified against Uruguay. And I think for the future of rugby in Romania it's very important to be here. And also for the young players because we are coming 
here with a young team. Young team. Many players are between uh, 21, 24 years old, and it's good for the future of rugby. What, what do they think of New Zealand, the rugby nation? What do they think uh, of it? Everybody knows that New Zealand is uh, rugby, uh, is a nation of rugby, of course, and they, they enjoy to be to come here, to be selected to, to come here. We have a tournament in June to prepare this uh, competition. We play against uh, Argentina A, South Africa A, and Namibia. After that, we have uh, six weeks of preparation in the mountain in Romania, and we arrive here in uh, Hashburton the 1st of September. So the guys are very enthusiastic for, with this program. Now, you'll be playing some very big teams like England. What, what do you think of that opportunity? I have no thinking about England. <laughs> and uh, now we, we are... You have to know that we are very realist. We play Scotland, England, Argentina and Georgia. We, we wish to win one game and uh, the place to win one game is against Georgia. But we try to do our best and uh, for the guys, they, they have to learn. Uh, I know that it will be very difficult about the result, but it's not very important. It's not very important. The, the, the more important is uh, to participate, to participate and uh, tomorrow will be another day. Are they following it in Romania, the people will be watching on television? Is it a big sport there? In Romania, it was a big sport before the revolution because it was practiced by uh, soldiers and policemen. That's why the, maybe uh, the national team of Romania was the first professional team in the world. They were all professional, but they used to play one or two games per year. One famous game against France each year, one in Bucharest, the other year in, uh, in, uh, in France. The date is the special date is the 11th of November. It's uh, the end of the First World War when Romanian and French fight together during that war. You see, uh, rugby is a melting uh, thing with uh, history. <laughs> and uh, finally, about your question, uh, rugby uh, became very poor after the revolution. And uh, when I arrived in 2004, we had only. Uh, 3,500 players in Romania, and today we have more than 8,000. So there is a very good progression, and mainly in the schools and in the universities, and it's very interesting. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup? New Zealand. But I say the same thing in France last week. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, no, do you, no, what, no. what do you make of the All Blacks' I performance? Must, I, I mean, must, what, I what be serious. New Zealand is favourite, and New Zealand today, maybe with Australia is practicing the best rugby. So it's normal that the best team win the World Cup, no? And looking at the All Blacks, their performance, what, what do you make of it? I have to say I am admirative. You have to know that I, uh, I was at all the World Cups. I was here in 87 with the French side. Uh, I was uh, in 99, uh, 91 in France, 95 in South Africa. In 95, I think I saw the best all Blacks team I ever seen. When they played the semi-final against England in Cape Town, it was fantastic. I do not understand why they lose uh, the final against the South African. Maybe because Mr. Mandela was a very good player. So it seems to me that the new uh, All Blacks team, it's quite the same as 95. I think you have a great captain, you have a great leader with Richie Maiko, you have a you have a good manager, coach. Uh, everything is, I think, ready for, for you to win again the, the World Cup. 
That's Romania's rugby coach Robert Antonin talking to Steve Wilde in Queenstown and this is Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. The New Zealand women's hockey teams returned from the Champions Trophy tournament in the Netherlands with two firsts. The Black Sticks beat South Korea for the bronze medal, that's their first medal in that competition, and for the first time they're ranked higher than Australia. They're now sixth in the world rankings, which Argentina topped from the Netherlands and Germany. It's the Black Sticks' best ranking since 2005, and they're one place ahead of the Australians, who are the lowest they've ever been. I asked coach Mark Hager how important the top eight Champions Trophy's been in instilling more self-belief than has been evident in recent years. That's been huge for us. The girls have done the hard yards and the hard work and um, to, to finally get the rewards in a tournament. I, I think it's a pleasing thing where we didn't have our best World Cup Com games, we sort of, I think that's where we started to kick and we started to get the belief. And um, you now we're probably winning and, and drawing more games than we have in the past. So uh, if we can continue to do that, then I think the girls will move forward. They know there's a long challenge to go and a long road still to go. We're, we're, we're still behind, we believe, the Argies and, and Holland. They're another level up from every other team, but we feel we're, we're getting a little bit closer. So, what do you need to bridge that gap? Is it in terms of, of basic skills or is it more in, in their belief that they're, they're better than anybody else? I think it's basic skills. I think it's playing those teams more often. And we'll hear from the and we'll hear from the manager of a World Cup side aiming to get and we'll hear from the manager of a World Cup side aiming to get past the group stages for the first time. So we don't fear them. And I think we started the tour off well against Germany with a win and a draw and, and we hadn't done that in, in the last three years so from that point of view, that was quite exciting also. What's impressed you about this particular group of players? Just the way they play, I think. It's an exciting group. They love to have a go. They love to score goals. They're very competitive. They don't like losing. Uh, and I think in the past, we just accepted it. And, and that's something a lot of the girls have said to me. that They felt that, you know, fifth's good enough or fourth's good enough. But this group now, they've had a bit of a, a success in medals and they want that taste and they want to continue it. So hopefully we can continue it on. Do you see many of them following some of the senior players into European competition and if they do what will that do in terms of boosting skill levels? Well hopefully not next year we're, we're going to be centralised in Auckland and, and I've asked that, that none of them go to Europe and they stay here and, and we, we train and prepare together as an Olympic squad and at this stage no one has come to me to say they're going to Europe but post Olympics they can go back again that's not an issue and but yeah but from here on in uh, we'd like them back in Auckland having a rest after the Oceania Cup and then gearing up from January onwards. And you've got the Oceania in, in Hobart, have you ever played there? Yeah, many a time, so it's a, it's a good venue and that time of year it won't be, won't be bitterly cold, but it'll be quite a pleasant place. You can always take them on a training run up Mount Wellington. Yes, I could, yeah. It's <laughs> a good run. You beat the Netherlands, or you, no, you didn't beat the Netherlands, did you, but you, uh, you didn't lose to them. Yeah. And no, yeah. everybody else got thumped by them and they were at home, so that must be, must be some satisfaction there. Yeah, we were probably lucky though, it was a stinking hot day, it was about 35, 37 degrees and, and it affected our girls greatly and, and it also affected the Dutch, you know, the school level was down, the passes were just off, they just weren't clinical in front of goal. And it was one of those games where you could just see people dying real quick. They'd do one, one explosive eff- effort and then it'd be just crash and burn real quickly. And, and then the rest of the time it was quite mild in the temperatures, so it was a bit of a shock to the system just that one day. How hard do you think it's going to be next year when you have to start? You've got a good group of people who have all performed well for you. You can't take everyone to London. How hard is it going to be to start going through with the yeah. red pencil? 
that's the hardest thing about the job is telling someone and ruining their dreams of an Olympic uh, berth and possibly a medal. And, and but you know we've we've got a job and we've got to try and pick the best team that we feel can win us medals. Yeah, look, I don't enjoy doing it, and it's it's not a good time. Uh, but you know, it's just part of the job that has to be done. And it must be nice seeing that the competition for those places is so fierce now. Yeah, look, that that is fantastic, and there's no easy road, and I think that that helps us keep the girls competitive and, and anyone drops fitness they know they're in big trouble so from that point of view it's fantastic. You mentioned the Oceania Championships, it's, there's three teams, the other one's Fiji so and barring some sort of disaster it's yeah. going to be Australia and New Zealand yeah. again. How hard do you think that loss to you guys would have hurt the Australians? Yeah pretty big, I had a couple of chats with their coaching staff and with a few of the players and, and, and that's, that's going to hurt them a little bit with funding. You know, I feel for them in that regards because we want Australia to do well. The better that both teams can do, then we can get two spots for a World Cup and Olympic Games. We don't want one of us to drop out of the rankings. So they'll all be, always be competitive games. And, and look, the Oceania will decide whether we stay six or they go to six. So with the points that are up for offer, um, if they beat us, then they go back to six. If, um, if we beat them, then we stay at six. So it's, it's quite tight. That's the Black Sticks coach, Mark Hager. The players will spend the next four weeks in their National League programs, after which 25 will be picked for the Olympic squad. Then they're off to the United States in September for five games before the Oceania Cup in October. Meanwhile, one of the team's leading scorers in Champions Trophy competitions is Charlotte Harrison. Harrison and Katie Glynn have scored five goals at Champions Trophy tournaments, and the striker credits Mark Hager for increasing the Black Sticks' appetite for goals. The former Kookaburras Ford is still Australia's highest goal scorer, male or female, with 179 from 231 games. Harrison says the only way to compile such a record is to be prepared to attack. He's just put such an attacking structure into our game, so he, he's given everyone the confidence to have a go. In the past, we'd probably be a little bit you know, cautious about going forward um, at times, so yeah, we're just so much more aggressive now, and I think... That's, that's what's made the difference in our team. We're just going forward, we've got the confidence and um, yeah, it's, it's turning out really well. So what do you have to work on between now and when you head off to the USA and then over to, to Hobart? Um, we're all concentrating now on National League, so everyone has to play that to make selection for the, the next year's squad and then we'll be going from there on what happens, but it'll just be same sort of structure, um, just working on different bits and pieces as far as game plan is concerned. And National League is going to be a lot more interesting this year for, yeah. for both the men and women than it's been for a long time. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting this year. The teams um, are quite even, so I think it'll probably be one of the better National Leagues that I've ever played in. So it's going to be quite tough and exciting. That's the Black Sticks striker Charlotte Harrison. And the co-captain, Kayla Charlins, is starting the trip to Europe with their first ever win over Germany, then making the final four at the Champions Trophy for the first time, then edging out South Korea for the bronze medal, is up there with their Commonwealth Games silver medal in Delhi. Top eight teams in the world doesn't really, well, it hasn't never happened before. It's been normally fifth and sixth is the battle, but to get in that top three is just awesome. And you've cemented a place for the Champions Trophy next year. That must be a big weight off the shoulder. That's huge. I think going into our preparations for next year, I'm obviously over in Argentina and and playing those top teams again is just awesome. And playing the Argentinians, you came back so well against them. What switch clicked up there to do that? I think we probably were just a bit tentative at the start. Let their players come at us a bit, and we, we turned over some pretty easy ball, and they got 
two class players scored goals against us, but we fight back and the Clark got a flick in the last, um, just before half time, and I think the, the switch kind of changed and we had all the pressure on them, we just couldn't get that final one in. Yeah, because that second half was basically pretty much all you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, and they recognised that as well. They said, you know, they had a good first half and we had a good second half, so it's just making sure we're consistent against those top teams. So, where to from here? You've got Oceania, Hobart, USA. What do you know about the Americans? Not a lot. They came second at Champions Challenge. They'll have a pretty strong team. It's hard to say. Um, you know, they did pretty well at the Challenge. They all obviously would have wanted the win to come up to trophy building for next year, but they probably have a tough ask against Argentina to qualify against the Olympics and they'll have a qualifier. So they'll be looking for some good, tough games. Do you think that with your performance there, you, you, you won't be sneaking under anyone's radar anymore? Probably not, yeah. Teams are taking notice, which is a good thing, but obviously we just need to keep developing as well. We can't sit back and, and be satisfied with this performance. We just need to keep moving forward and, and make sure we're ready for next year. That's the Black Sticks co-captain, Kayla Sharland, and that's the show for this week. Feedback's welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. Well, we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Murray Williams for Radio New Zealand Sport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.